Hello, everyone, and welcome to Radical Humanity and another episode of it. And my name is Ben Hoover, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is my little podcast show. It's kind of like a, a melting pot of my idea, my ideas, experiences, psychology, theology, just a whole whole blend, just thrown right in the right in the stock pot of of, of life. I don't even, I did not do well on that metaphor. Anyway, um, <laughs> on this episode, uh, actually, I, I, I just titled it. It's called, Does Anyone Hear Me? The Voice in the Wilderness. Now, I had this fascinating conversation with a, a friend of mine uh, not too long ago, and it's been, it, it's kind of off and on. Uh, entered into my head, and I thought I've got to talk about this. Um, there's there's something there's something to uh, to explore based off of this conversation. Um, it was it was it was actually very encouraging when I was listening to him, and it got me thinking about it. Kind of reoriented me in my life because sometimes sometimes I get plagued with these doubts and questions of what the hell am I doing with what I'm writing with with what I'm podcasting I mean you know this this there's these moments like even in therapy like there's these moments of questioning where um where there's kind of almost this clouded understanding of where I'm at um and yet there's also in kind of at war with that, that sounds a little too brutal, that kind of is this, uh, in conflict in a way, there's this other side, which is, oh man, this this lights me up, this brings me passion, this stirs something in me to embark on exploring it, on writing about it, on talking about it, on studying it, on whatever, whatever it might be that there's this, there's kind of this high octane energy to go after something. Um, but sometimes it kind of eludes a complete understanding. We don't get it. There's just this guidance inside to seek, to explore. And so that brings me to this this conversation with a friend of mine and we were talking in this very loud very loud bar by the way I had a really good Moscow mule this place is fantastic it's called the cabin and it's in Sacramento so um not my first choice probably for a for a bar cocktail lounge area but you know it was interesting and I, I like the drink so anyway, so we're having this conversation in the midst of deafening this deafening sound, like literally the bartender turned up the music. I mean, the volume was already um, was already taking over multiple conversations going on in the whole in the whole facility. And then he decided to turn it up all the more, which was thank you very much because now I can't hear. I, I could I have to scream this conversation out loud, and um, so so anyway so we're talking my friend and I are talking in this bar, and he and and I don't interact with him I haven't seen him in a while, um, but 
but we start, I don't even know how it even begins, but we start talking about him. And um, maybe, I think maybe what led to this conversation is we talked about that he had lost his job. And so we start talking and he, um, and I ask him, you know, kind of what, what's, what's happening now? You know, now that he doesn't have his job, what's, what's, what's going on? And he says, well, I'm kind of embarrassed. Well, well, that kind of perked some, some curiosity up in me. And I asked him and I said, well, why is that? And he said, well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm ashamed to kind of talk about this. And, um, and, and I said, well, I mean, I'm all ears. I would love to hear it. And he said, well, he's been really focused on the political, uh, um, kind of sector of life. And he said that, that because, because he doesn't have a job, but his wife does. And, and, and that allows, uh, allows some comfort there, allows some cushion to do some self-exploration. He said he's been, he, he literally has been on YouTube researching, listening to some of these personal, uh, um, personal commentators, uh, um, sharing their ideas of on the political realm. And, and he said that he's been so transfixed in it that it inspired him to start his own page. That, um, that as he listens to all this commentary, he, he talks about how there's these, there's these statements being made that, that lack any founding, grounded truth. And that he's, he's and, he, and he explained that he leans more on the, on the liberal on the left side, and that a lot of it is, is researching, is listening to some of the, the um, people on the right, on the conservative end. But he, it was, but he was so perturbed, so disturbed and, and indignant about how uh, how people will express make make these these statements and claim them as truth and then and that the the people that are like within the same tribe and the same political camp will just absorb it and believe it and and as he was researching this he would then it would ex- his research would expand onto uh, onto these statements being made and he would do some some real kind of um, sort of relentless sleuthing on on what the actual event really was and what was really happening, uh, and and really trying to dig and uncover what was real, what was reality, and and so he thought he he it created this or generated this <clears throat> desire for him to start his own page where he dismantles these truths. And, um, and that he would uh, really kind of expound on what the reality is and want to kind of shed light on, on what, what's being communicated, these, these kind of fraudulent claims of, um, uh, that are being pontificated in, uh, in, in, the YouTube, uh, in the YouTube community, political community realm. And so... I was just really blown away because, I mean, I didn't absorb a ton of what he was saying because I was asking him about, um, about like specifics of that, 
because I really wanted to know. And, and he would, he would go into it and I could, I couldn't, re I could not digest it all. And, um, but I was really, really, um, God, I was, I was a captive audience. Um, cause I, and I just thought that the thing that I took away from that, and I even told him, I said, well, you're, I love that idea, you know, because he even said, I don't, I don't know what's even going to come from it. I mean, I'm just going to start this and in the hopes that maybe I'd even make money from it, but who knows, because you'd you have to have thousands and millions of followers to, to start earning an income. And he goes, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but that there's enough cushion for him to at least explore that. And I just... For some reason, no, not for some reason, I know the reason, but that really excited me. In fact, I found it way more encouraging, and, and I found myself encouraging him, and I loved, I loved it. I think he was, he got uncomfortable because he didn't know where I stood politically, and, um, and I, again, I have no tribe, I have, I have, I may have some leaning, but I don't, I don't, um, it's not a place of, of security or my identity's wrapped in it, um, and, and, uh, and so I was, he just taught me a lot. Um, and I, and I loved, I loved listening to his ideas of what he wants to do. And I loved listening to, um, the, the information that he's gathered, uh, and that has really kind of sort of instigated this movement in him to, uh, to start this. And, and so, but it, this is often kind of something that he keeps more to himself or to others that he feels as though he can trust. That he, because he worries about the judgment, about the, the, the backlash from that. But I was all ears and I was super, you know, for me, I was, in, it like energized me. And I even told him, I said, you're, you're kind of a voice in the wilderness. You don't know what's going to happen. And I said, you've got to trust that, that part of yourself that's driven in this way, that, that, is, um, that is passionately turned on to, to, to start something, to find it, to seek it, to understand it, and to express it to the world. And, and it also remind me Actually, as I started this podcast, it, it, it reminded me of, of a client that I once saw. And this client, I, I just knew he was super lost. And, um, and, there, and, and so unsettled. I mean, there was just, he was kind of encompassed with, um, with this sort of wandering presence in himself. But what was interesting is we had this conversation in one of the sessions, and he talked about how, how he's compulsively driven to watch, like, outdoor travel shows, like like travel porn, basically. And he was so um, magnetized by it. He even said, like, I can't stop watching it. Um, and I told him, I said, well, dude, you know what that means? Man, that's... That is a part of yourself that you've pushed down. That, that part of yourself that gets excited, that's turned on by watching this. Man, by, by feasting on this. Oh my God, that's the way you want to live. That's something that, it, that 
truly, deeply, genuinely excites you. And I said, that's something to follow. It's something to pay attention to. It's the way you want to live in the world. And so when I was piecing this together before I started this episode, I thought, that's that kind of inner guidance that, again, escapes full the full package of understanding, of all logic. That's, that's what moves us. There's this invitation to follow that. And it, again, it falls outside the, the boundaries of logic. We don't know why. We have no clue. My friend that I engaged with had no understanding. Is, I mean, I mean, he has understanding, but he didn't know what this would turn into. That's, that's a better way to put it. What he did know was that this, this sparked a fire in him to go after this, to start something. But isn't that, isn't that really this, this nature to our humanity and life? That there's these impulses that we become conscious of. But, but we don't fully get it at the time. We just, all that we're given, all that we have in those moments is this, is this unsettled, um, this, this stirring in us. This like, I call it cabin fever. <laughs> this antsiness to go, to find, to express. There's this kind of, I like calling it, it's like this shadowed beckoning, the shadowed invitation. That what happens uh, as we engage in it, we have no clue. Sometimes we live in this world, and, and often when we've been at the core of ourselves as children, when we're so deeply wounded, um, what it does is it, it closes us off to just living in the unknown, to experiencing it fully, to being excited by it, to being unrattled by, by, um, by what will come. But when, we're, but when we've been deeply hurt and that goes unrepaired, we become terrified of the unknown. So our, our instinctual nature to engage in the unpredictability of life now becomes, uh, now shifts to, to, these, to this penchant for trying to, um, trying to control, mitigate uncertainty, to create parameters of safety. And that's the way we engage in life. We then, we then, um, we pull away, we disengage. We then start to just create sort of artificial comforts. But really, once we, once we actually go through the healing those injuries or those wounds, when we reconnect with ourselves again, we actually, what, what resurges is this, this vibrant drive to interact in the unknown, to intimately interact with the unknown. And what I mean by intimate, I mean it's this, it's this uh, dimension, this experiential dimension of 
uh, of seeing and knowing, of tasting, of touching, this, this sensory experience that, uh, that activates when we engage with, with the external world around us. And so, um, and so when we, when we return to that, when we find that again in ourselves, that becomes the drive, the way of living. And that's what I loved so much about my friend. That's what I loved about this client who couldn't see it, right? It's like, dude, you are just like literally rattling the bars, the caged bars that, man, you want to live so free and untamed and unbridled. And you want to go and explore. And that opened up more dialogue to talk about some of the adventures and what he wants to do. And that's what's also the challenge in this. Because my friend, if we go back to him, he at first was so reticent to talk about it with me. So hesitant. Because he was afraid, he was concerned, right? of what the response would be. And man, I'm so glad that he talked with me because it touched something in myself. It actually validated something in myself. Because sometimes we engage in things that mean so much to us, that matter to us, but it escapes, will often escape the praise of the masses. The vote of popularity. I think about how, how uh, for a while, I was so consumed, um, I think earlier this year, um, and not that it still doesn't get to me at times, but it's not as big as it was, but I'd, get, I'd, I'd, I'd collapse into despair because of, and, and really just get, become tormented with um, this, this comparative uh, sort of judgment towards myself. Um, when I would juxtapose myself to others and how, man, they have, they have such a following, right? And everyone loves what they're saying and all this. And, and I mean, it's like they're just, it's, it, I mean, they're, they're singing, they're singing the praises. And I would feel myself so frustrated and hopeless and, and want that so badly because underneath I felt so alone and, and just, to, just to have others like validate, you know, would instantly, temporarily cure that loneliness, right? You know, I mean, think about it. Like even, why do we move towards certain tribal mentalities? It's so, it, it's, it's such a young part of ourselves, right? To, to gravitate towards the uniform, towards those that... Uh, speak our language, that believe the same things, that participate in the same rituals, the hobbies and whatnot. That it it not that it's a bad thing. It just it eradicates this inner feeling of loneliness. It it instantly creates this feeling of connection. Right. But once we start going down paths that are unfamiliar to us and unfamiliar to others, that we start finding interest, noticing things differently than the tribe around us, it becomes difficult. 
Because now we're pulled in two different directions to stay in that conformity where there's comfort, where there's security, where there's acceptance if you believe and say and do the right things or the carry the same values as others. And then there's this other pull, which is to go towards the uh, towards one's own driving passions and desires, to seek life out, to differentiate, in other words, from the tribe, to, to, to separate, to individuate. That becomes the challenge. That becomes the tension. And I loved, I loved what my friend was saying. I loved where he's going. Because I even told him, you have no idea what's going to happen. You have no idea what this will turn into. But dude, follow that. Man, oh man, my friend, trust that. I mean, the fact that you're, you're devouring eight hours of your day researching this, dude, that means something, because I don't do that. I mean, I do that in other areas, but that's, please, politics is not my first love. Honestly, as people start talking about it, all I can do is I either shut off from it or I have to ask questions because I, I don't understand. That, that's how, that's how uneducated I am when it comes to politics. I don't, it's just not a passion for me. But the realm of human nature, the emotional realm, the spiritual realm, the, 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 the psychological realm, the connected realm, that matters to me. That's exciting to me. I love that stuff. I'll probably talk about it until my, my dying, my final dying breath. What is it? Final breath? Dying last, uh, dying words? I don't know what the hell I'm saying right now. But, but, I, is that conversation with him really struck a chord in me. And so there's these moments where we're going to find ourselves a voice in the wilderness calling out, sharing messages, and no one cares to hear. They won't listen. Or they'll push back, or they'll fight against, or they'll argue, or they become indignant and defensive, or they just don't care. They don't. And when we focus on that, when we get sucked into that, when the impact of that becomes greater, than the driving force of our own passions, then yes, we will fall into despair, into helplessness. We will pull away from it. We will turn away. And that's why the voice that calls out into the world, into the ones that don't hear, is the very voice that we need to return to in ourselves, the one that's that is so soaked, energized by our own personal desires. That becomes the centering point in life, is to listen to that, is to heed that. When I think about, when I post something, and I don't know, like, and I, I have next to no feedback or anything, I don't know. I, it, yes, if I get really caught up in that, it will consume me to a point where I'll just, I'd want to give up. But then what returns, then what arises out of that is, 
But damn it, I love this stuff, and I love writing and, and talking about it. I can't turn this off in myself. I can't. I literally cannot. It's a switch that's always on. It doesn't go away. So, on that note, we all have the stirring inside of ourselves. Sometimes it gets really covered over by fear by judgment. And when I mean judgment, I mean something's good, bad, right, wrong, should, shouldn't be there. It, it, it ends up imprisoned by, these, by this labeling, by these categories. And that we're afraid of the external response. Whenever I touch on something that matters to me, that's, that's a, I talk about something that's that's outside the lines of the of my early tribe I grew up in, my religious the religious community I grew up in. And I post it knowing that there's people that that um that haven't necessarily gone their own way or that are still part of that tribe or whatnot. Like, yeah, when I really think about it, I worry. I start worrying. I get anxious because I wonder, man, what's what's going to be the outcome of this? And yet, in myself, I know that I've, I'm writing for me. I'm exploring this for myself, not for other people. I want to understand this. What will what will unfold when I write about this? When I talk about this? Why it matters to me? It 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 it. It looms large in me. It disturbs me in the best sense of the word to pay attention. And we all have that in ourselves, even if it gets covered over by trying to create security and trying to, to eradicate mystery or that we live in fear or judgment. But we have these stirrings inside of ourselves. We all, in a way, kind of have this voice calling to us. And will we trust that? Will we listen to that? Will we engage it? Even, even if the risk is loss. The loss of others. Right? And the loss of what we've known. It's not even just on a relational dimension, but also... If we, if we start asking these questions, if we start unraveling the, the, the very strong, potent, muscular systems of belief that we've grown up in, if we start questioning that, man, we risk losing what we've known as we enter into uncertainty, into unknowing. But I speak on a personal note that that pull has led me into a very different way of living in the world. One that's way more exciting to me. And it's way more enjoyable. And freeing. And man, then damn it, I'll be asking questions all day long. And exploring all day long. Because that's exciting to me. That opens up life. That expands the lines. In fact, it, it, 
it eliminates them. As I embrace life on a grander scale, openly, wanting, willing to learn. And that's what my friend is doing. And that's what he taught me. Or I shall say, I shall say, that sounds so medieval. Um, <laughs> I should, um, damn it, I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I got cut up on that word. Um, that, that's, that's what my friend reinforced or reassured me. And I love that so much. That's the way I want to live. That's the way I continue to live. And may you find that path in yourself as well. Till next time.